Welcome to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey, where we explore the rise of feminine energy in life, leadership and business. This podcast is for you if you are a leader in business and corporate and you're struggling to find meaning in what you do and how you engage your team. So join us as we talk all things leadership, strategy and culture and how we value both the feminine and the masculine in men, women and society at large to make a difference in our workplaces. Welcome to this episode of Captivating Leadership, where we're going to be talking about behavioural profiling. Behavioural profiling is a tool that's often used by us leadership strategists and when we're also looking at team and team dynamics and how behaviours play out together. They're a very useful tool in understanding how others perceive information and how they choose to exhibit their energy in their behaviours. And so a lot of the time they can be misunderstood. So I wanted to just talk through why I use behavioral profiling, how I use it, and just give you a little bit of an insight into what the the tool I use, which is called Extended Disc, just what are some of the insights that can come out of it. And maybe you will even start to recognize yourself in the behavioral profiles that I describe. It's probably worth going back to one of the previous episodes, episode nine, where we talked about the idea model, because the idea model is the way that we take in information, represent and filter it in our minds and then choose to put out a behavior because of it. So idea stands for internal decision, external assess. And one of the key components of the internal decision making process is our behavioral profiles. Because our profiles are the way that we would like to filter information if we didn't have to think about it too hard. They're the ways where information comes in and we run through, if we're not thinking about it or conscious of it in, in too, too much, it's the way that we then process that information and choose to then put a behavior out there based on that information. So it's one of the key elements of that decision making process, along with things like our values, our beliefs, our attitude when we wake up in the morning, the physiology, our experience. And so more information about that is all in that podcast, episode nine, the idea model. So let's delve a little deeper into the behavioral profiling tools. So I like to use extended disk. It's a tool that's been around for a long time and I find it's one of the ones that's really easy to understand and very practical to implement. As in, we learn something about ourselves when we do these profiles and then we can actually implement some insights. So it's not just this esoteric thing that sits there in the background that you learn something about yourself, but you can't actually apply any of those learnings. And as with any behavioral profiling tool, What it's showing us is where we would like to put our energy or where we would choose to be if we just didn't think very hard and we just went along in our day to day life. It's where we would just be happy putting our energy. It's not saying that you're put in that box and that is you forever. It's not saying that. It's saying where would you choose to not if you just could be like you were every single day, where would you like to be? And what it does is it helps us understand, well, in different situations, obviously, we can't just stay the same. We have to be able to adapt our styles, especially as a leader. So it also gives us some insights into how do we adapt our styles to get different results with different people. A favorite saying that I heard is it's also called a success principle. 
is that the person with the most behavioral flexibility controls any system that they are in. So if you think about it, if you have the ability to flex your behavior, regardless of what's going on around you, regardless of what's going on inside of you, then you have the ability to control any system, culture, strategy, business, team that you are in. Because you're not wedded to the internal piece around what does this mean for me or how your ego plays out or what will I look like? What you're looking at is saying, I can flex my behavior in any way to meet the situation as demanded. And so getting really good at behavioral flexibility is a critical component of leadership. Firstly, because leaders more commonly than not are entering lots more different situations as we go forward in the world and we don't have an answer to all of them. And so we have to be able to flex our styles to make a difference. And secondly, every person in your team is going to be different and we need ways to communicate with them and get the best out of them. And so we may need to adapt our style to do so. For example, if you've got someone in your team that is incredibly detail focused and they know the ins and outs of their subject and they want to ask lots of questions and get lots of information before making a decision. Well, if it's appropriate in the situation, you have to be able to provide that with them. So to be able to honor them and understand that their need for detail could be an absolute super skill set. And can you talk in that language as well? So it's a really useful tool to have to be able to look at the world through the filter of behavioral profiles and think, right, that person over there really needs me to dive into more detail. Or that person over there is really relationship focused. So how do I make sure that I build the relationship before I jump into the work that I want doing? And in this way, we are learning how to flex our style, both in terms of our energy and our communication and our motivational style so that the people around us Um, get the best out of us and we get the best out of them. One of the things that I really don't like when I run behavioral profiling sessions with teams is I'll hear people say, well, I'm a D, for example. We'll go into the details behind what this means in a minute, but they'll say, I'm a D. That's it. That's me. That means I don't do detail. So what they've done is they've put themselves in a box and they've said, that's my label for life. I'm getting significance from that because it means that I don't do that thing that I've just devalued. And then even that by them saying that everyone else who does do detail feels devalued in their eyes. So behavioral profiling is not to pigeonhole ourselves. And it's certainly not to say, right, I'm that thing. Therefore, I don't do X. Because if you're a leader, my response is always learn to do X. You can do better. And that's what behavioral flexibility is learning to speak all these languages, do all of these different things and being able to flex our styles regardless of what our natural inclination is. Let's dive in then. Let's talk about DISC or extended DISC. So DISC is an acronym, D-I-S-C, and it stands for Dominant Influence, Stability or Steadiness and Conscientious. And What it's doing is it's giving those labels, the DISC, are the labels of the types of behavioral profile that we see. And what it's testing for is how we take in and process information and then how we that then gets represented in our behaviors. So I want you to imagine a cross and it's got two axes, one axis going up and one axis going across the horizontal. And on the 
upward axis on the vertical axis at one end it says task and at one end it says people so this is a meta program testing whether we are task focused or people focused people and what this means is do we see task before we see people or do we consider people before we see task if there's a situation going on at work and we're watching it from afar are we noticing all of the task or outcome or job related things before we see anything to do with the people or do we see all the people relationship emotional things before we see anything to do with the job or the work neither's right or wrong it's just a preference so on the vertical axis we have task and we have people on the horizontal axis we have a big picture and detail so this is another meta program that the disk model tests for it's it's looking for whether we naturally are inclined towards detail so detail would be making sure that we understand everything we get into depth on something um we have lots of questions and we we understand all of those little logical bits that keep it together whereas big picture is looking forward at what we're trying to achieve where we're headed what the vision is and again none of them is right or wrong it's just a preference as to where do we naturally have our attention and so if we work our way round that cross we've created four quadrants the first quadrant is a big picture and task focused person and that's what we label the d dominant the second quadrant is a big picture people person which is an i an influencer the third quadrant is a people and detail focused person which is an s steadiness and the last quadrant is a detail and task focused person which is a c conscientious and again don't pay too much attention to the labels they're just labels so that they're words that have their own meaning um which sometimes people get hung up on but in this sense all we use to describe them is d i s c so if we work our way around the quadrants we can start to see what behaviors play out or are likely to play out based on those combinations of meta programs so if we think about a d dominant so they're the big picture task focused people and they are very interested in facts hard values getting results they tend to be fast moving dynamic decisive tough people and they're out there the sort of conversations with a d will be like tell me as it worked are we heading in the right direction have we got a result yet are we going to win so they tend to be those sorts of people they're very focused on achievement the future getting the getting the job done um and if we had to describe them in one word we would say a d likes to win if we think about an i so these are the big picture people people i's are tend to be uh, very much people oriented they have lots of energy they're charismatic they love generating ideas they'll be the life of the party we generally call them the optimists the captain optimist of the group and they love just influencing people and working with people and networking and if we had to use one word to describe them we would say they like to be liked now in s s are the people focused and detailed people and s's are like the friendly um loyal trustworthy people in in the team so they are really good at considering others and really good about understanding emotion they 
tend to be on the quieter side. They tend to be more reserved. They're, they're certainly not the people that will be out there at the front of the room alone. Look at me, look at me. They are much more what I call the glue in an organisation. So they tend to make sure that things happen and that people are okay while things are happening. And so they'll check in with people. They remember people's birthdays. They look after everybody and they're very much the nurturer of the group. And if we had to describe S's in one word, we would say that S's really like comfort. And then finally, we have the C's. So these are the detail and task focused people. And the C's are, again, tend to be more reserved. They are very much into logic, systems, analysis, uh, examining things, following instructions and really getting deep on a subject. We call them the tech heads. So this, this doesn't necessarily mean they're in a technical job, literally like IT. They could be also sort of accountants, lawyers, um, engineers, that sort of mindset. So they like to go deep on something and they like to make sure that there's a logic to it and that, um, that they've, they've, there's an awful lot of, uh, systematic knowledge and analysis that sits all behind that. And so we would say that the C's, their, their work is always very precise and accurate. Um, and they're also really great at risk mitigation because they see, lots of issues in the world or their process or their project, for example, and they will be going in and making sure that risks are covered off. So a C, if we had to describe them in one word, we would say that a C likes to be right. So we've got the D's that like to win. We've got the I's that like to be liked. We've got the S that like comfort and we've got the C's that like to be right. And in an absolute perfect world, in obviously all of our offices, if all of these people came together, we would, of course, all be playing to our strengths and all of that would be great. But unfortunately, we don't live in a perfect world. And much of the time, people aren't aware of all of this. And so what happens is we get a fair bit of conflict because people don't understand this about each other. So if you've ever had anyone in your office or your team and you've looked at them and you think you are on a completely different planet to me. Like you look at the world in a completely different way and I just do not understand how your mind works. Well, chances are that's true. Chances are they do look at the world in a completely different way. They filter the world in a different way. So if you imagine the combination of a D and an S, they are the exact opposite of each other in the way that they filter information. So whereas a D would always be filtering in task and big picture, an S is filtering in detail and people. So their brains are looking in completely different areas, which is where we get misunderstandings. So a D might go out there, they might be running a project and they say they've just been given this project to lead and they will come in and they go, right, it's very exciting. Got this project. It's going to make us $10 million. We're going to look fantastic. And it really means we're going to absolutely nail our competitors. So we're going to get going on it this week. Has anyone got any questions? And an S will be sitting back thinking, hmm, well, I didn't really hear any steps because an S also likes the detail and the steps. Didn't hear any process. Don't really care about winning. That just makes you sound, you know, just a little bit pathetic. Um, I'm more interested as to, you know, how is this going to impact everyone around us? Have we thought about whether 
this is going to add to our workload and how we're managing and mitigating that for people. And so they might say back to the D, well, that, you know, that's great and everything. Um, but I'm just curious as to, you know, how are we going to actually fit that in with everything else that we've got going on? And is there, is there, a, is there a plan? Do you think we should all sit down together and create a plan? Because an S likes to do work together, likes to be in a team. And at that point, the D will be looking at them and thinking, hmm, maybe you're not the right person for this team because I'm not hearing any solutions. I'm just hearing problems. And are you telling me that you can't do this? So a D is looking for um, capability. And the S will be like, no, 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 no. I just want to make sure that we're talking all of this through and that we've got the right team and that we're going to make sure that people are looked after. And at this point, the D's turned off and thinking that this person can't do the job. And the S is looking at the D thinking, you're actually just a rude, horrible person. And I don't really know if I want to work with you. And all that's happened is that they've seen two different perspectives of the same piece of work and interpreted it differently. And that causes conflict. And we also get it across the other diagonal. So the IC diagonal. We think about an I, big picture, people, people, and a C who is a task focused, detailed person. And if the I came along with the new project, they'd be all excitable. You know, they'd be like, oh, my goodness, you'll never guess what we've been given this amazing project. We're going to look fantastic when it's done. It's so exciting. I can't believe that we get to do it. Um, it's going to make some money. And then we're going to be able to stand up in front of all of the people and just tell them just how amazing it was. So uh, why don't um, I, well, you know what we've got to do? We've just got to like, get it done. Like, you know, we've got the big vision over there. We're just going to make some money. So um, any questions? And the C will be sitting there thinking, what just happened to my life where somebody really just verbally diarrheaed all over me and there was no detail, systems, logic, analysis or, or nothing. There was just a load of fluff that came out. So C's will go away and come back. They'll say, hmm, OK, so why don't we sit down at four o'clock? Because I would like to be formal and disciplined in their approach. And why don't we just make sure that I'll, I'll bring a list of questions and we'll make sure that we get all of those questions answered and then we can work out how we're going to approach this. And the I will be, um, OK, well, I don't think we really need to do that. I think we just need to go and, you know, get it done. But um, yes, OK, you know, eyes are fairly agreeable people. So they'll sit down at four o'clock and the C will start at A on his questions and work all the way through to Z. By the time they've got to D, the I will be like, oh, my God, do we really need to do this? This is just getting into a fair bit of detail. We don't need to have all the answers before we start. Why don't we just give it a go? What's wrong with giving it a go? What's the worst that can happen? And the C's thinking, I can give you 10 worsts that can happen because we're not doing this properly. We're not doing it in the right way. And I need to make sure that we're covering off all the risks. And the eyes thinking, oh, gosh, you don't have to be so pedantic about it. Where's your positivity? I'm sure if we just gave it a go, we'd be able to get it done. And at this point, the C is really has lost all respect for the eye because they're not seeing any knowledge or capability there. And the eye is sitting there thinking, oh, goodness me, we're just trying to drag this down and not get started. And it's just all about making sure that we've got all the I's dotted and the T's crossed and we're never going to. And again, we end up with this conflict when all that's happened is the energy style and the approach of each of the profiles has 
just looked at the situation differently. So when we understand this about each other and we understand this about the teams, we can then learn each of these languages, learn each of these styles so that when we're talking to C, we can bring in our C language. We need to be able to slow down, cover off logic, cover off steps, make sure that we've got things mitigated and make sure that we've got some analysis and logic backing everything up. When we're talking to eyes, we don't want to drown them in that. We want them to be the people that go off and spread this great energy. It's fantastic during change. I sometimes liken eyes to the energizer bunny. You know, you can wind them up and send them off into an organization and they spread joy and rainbows without really having to know what they're talking about. They just bring this wonderful energy that drives organizations forward. When we're talking to S's, we need to make sure that we're covering off how people are going to feel and how people are going to be treated and making sure that we've got systems and process um, and that we check in with people as we go through this. And when we're talking to D's, we need to make sure that we stick to the facts, we get there quickly, we focus on the results and we make sure that we're moving forward. So all of these things are just different styles of communication and different styles of leadership that we need to bring when we're looking at our whole teams. Now, sometimes I'm asked, well, isn't there a best profile? And of course, the answer is no, there is no best profile. Each one of these is needed depending on the situation. But each one of the profiles can be functional or dysfunctional. And what we want to make sure is that when we're playing in these profiles and we're changing our style and flexing our style, that we only ever go to the functional of each profile. So if you imagine a D, their function is being decisive, tough, strong-willed, demanding, independent, confident. That That's great energy needed in lots of situations. But when they slip over the edge and they slip into the dark side, they can get aggressive, blunt, self-centered, overbearing, and they can exceed authority, which can be dangerous in an organization. So again, we want to make sure that we do all of the real functioning behavior there rather than slip into the the dark side, the aggression, the bluntness. And sometimes when an organization is under stress, what we see is that dysfunctional behavior. And then we categorize all of those profiles like that. So we say, well, these these aren't great. They're just aggressive, blunt people. When really what might be happening is that the environment isn't great and they're slipping into stress mode, which pushes them into this dysfunction. So what about an eye? Well, eyes, when they're in function, they are sociable, talkative, enthusiastic, energetic and persuasive people. They can sell ice to the Eskimos. They get people on board with their energy. And when they slip into the dark side, they tend to be flamboyant, frantic, careless, excitable. They can lose sense of time. They tend to be the profile that suffers from shiny thing syndrome. So they'll be going through life or going through work and they'll be like, oh, that project's exciting. Let's go and do that. Oh, my goodness. Did you see that over there? Wow, I could go and speak at that conference. Oh, did you talk to that person? Or what about this project? And what about that? You know, they sort of bounce from one thing to another. And so in their dysfunction, they can often not finish things. And that can be very frustrating for teams around them. The S's. 
So in function, they are calm, steady, patient, trustworthy, modest people, and they are great listeners. As I said, they just keep that glue in the organization happening. And when they slip to the dark side, they can be very stubborn. They don't like expressing themselves. They'll resist new ideas and they won't seek change. So S's get stuck. And what can happen in an organization when we're going through change and it hasn't been explained well and the people haven't been looked after um, and it's more of a let's get this process done through change rather than how do we look after our people through change, S's will dig their heels in. And because they are very, um, they, they've got great relationships and they are quite reserved, they can sow dissent in the background without anybody really knowing what's going on. And so where we say a D may be the aggressive in the dark side, the S's are quite passive aggressive. <laughs> so what can happen is they dig their heels in, they see dissent, they talk to all of their friends, they, they spread this, you know, this not great feeling because they can talk to people. And they've got great relationship with people and people trust them. And suddenly everything grinds to a halt. And everyone else in the organization or the leaders are wondering what's going on. So S's, when they slip into the dark side, can slip into that, you know, resisting change and digging their heels in. What about C's? So in function, C's are precise, logical, careful. They follow rules and they're formal and very disciplined in their approach. The work of a C in their genius zone will be amazing. That's what they do. They go deep on things. And they like to do that. They like to sit there working on their own, going deep and doing an amazing job of their thing. Well, when they slip over to the dark side, they tend to withdraw. They can seem quite shy. They won't necessarily express their opinions. They'll get stuck in the details and they won't take risks. So if we've got a stressful environment and you've got people in your team who may be in technical roles what can happen is you may find that they get really stuck on some detail that seems to be completely irrelevant to whatever it is you're going through in an organization. And this is the C's slipping into the dark side and getting stuck. So and they get that pedanticness comes out. So again, there is no right or wrong profile. There's function and dysfunction in all of them. If we have a stressful environment in our organization, we are likely to see the dark side behaviors play out. And it's almost as if there's, if there's dysfunction in one, it almost can bring out the dysfunction in everything else. So if we've got an aggressive overbearing D, then we're more likely to get the S's going, well, nah, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to just stick my heels in and not do anything. And then the eyes come along and they're like, no, no, we've got to get things done. And they get all flamboyant and hasty. And the C's just withdraw from that energy and think, right, I'm just going to make sure that we've analysed everything to the death before we get started. And so we've got all of those different dysfunctions playing out. But if we recognise this in our people and we recognise this in our culture, what we can do is make sure that whatever profile we are, and you may have recognised yourself as we've gone through this, so whatever profile we are, we make sure we always play to the function of that rather than the dysfunction, even when we're stressed, even when it's difficult. And we model the great behaviours of the other profiles, the other languages, when we need to, when we're dealing with different people in different situations. And so we make sure that we are the example of behavioural flexibility and also function in all of the different behavioural types. 
Now, if you'd like to know more about DISC or extended DISC, do drop me a line. It's one of the best tools I've found for easy understanding of why we all have different behaviours and we all seem to respond differently to situations. And it's also fascinating when you get a team together because we can do profiles that show what the team dynamics are. So we can show you've got a team of 10 people if what what the team appears to be to the rest of the organization. For example, it might be that the team overall appears to be S and you might have one really high I that seems to bring all of the energy, but they may feel like they're sort of out on their own and they don't fit in. Or we might have a team where everybody's spread and that's like, great, we've got everybody, we've got all of the profiles covered, but we've got to make sure still that all of those profiles work well together. So the team dynamics that we can do through extended disk is really exciting and it really helps us understand how to make sure we're playing to the strengths of the team and we're covering the, the stretches of the team. So I've seen exec teams, for example, where nearly everybody was D and in some examples, it wasn't very functional. So can you imagine the infighting and the trying to win against each other and the competition that was all internal? So the politics was rife. And when all of their attention was internal, it meant that, you know, there wasn't much focus on the external like markets and customers. I've seen exec teams where they're all S. And what happened in that organization was the the organization was really slow to make decisions and they got stuck in making sure that there were lots of mitigating actions on everything, which again, some of the time, sometimes that is useful, but in a fast moving market, it's not always helpful. I've seen when teams are all I, and although they are incredibly fun and feel like an amazing place to work, nothing gets done. And so these teams have not had strategies in place and the people beneath them have just been thinking, well, we don't really know what direction we've got. We just seem to flick from one thing to another with whoever's got the greatest idea at the time. And then I've seen teams where it's all full of C's and what can happen there is the the over analysis and also sometimes the unwillingness of people to talk um, it can go both ways unwillingness to talk about everything or talk over talking and over analyzing about something that actually isn't relevant to the direction of the organization so again all of these things are uh, are good there's there's no right or wrong team or right or wrong profile well, what we've got to make sure is that we understand what it does if we're all an S or all a D, for example, and make sure we're playing to function and make sure that we can flex our styles when needed. And also that everybody in our team feels like they contribute in some way. So if this has been interesting to you and you want to know more about DISC, what your DISC profile might be, how to look at your team, do drop me a line and get in touch. I would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to the Captivating Leadership Podcast with Rebecca Livesey. If you enjoyed this episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review as this helps us spread the message and keep the conversations going. If you'd like to find out more about Rebecca's work, go check out her website on achieveleadsucceed.com where you can sign up to receive her ebook on the five C's of feminine energy and a video of Rebecca talking about leadership and feminine energy. 
And we've also got a Facebook group where we talk about all things leadership and culture, particularly around masculine and feminine energy. And that's called Captivating Leadership. So you're very welcome to join us there too. See you soon. Mm-hmm.